Hey, everybody. Hey, everyone. This is, this is Stuart. <laughs> this is Zach. Um, so well, today... you got to do it in an epic voice. It's an epic voice for this an epic... Is Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it's the epic story of Conan. The barbarian. Oh right, right. So I People should say can't this see is. It, but I'm actually, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually flexing as I say this. And you're and, wearing uh, a, a lovely furry loincloth. Why? <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I've got a, I've got my pecs all oiled up and everything. And yep, just covered in oil. The, just the, covered, shimmering. Just the greasiest looking muscle dude. Yeah, on the planet. because you know. Hard labor without any sort of like food or nutrients will uh, get you get you these muscles, right? Yeah, of course they will. That's totally how that works. <laughs> so, for anyone who just randomly listen is listening to this without looking at what you clicked on, um, we're talking about the Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer sequence yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so, I guess. Jumping right in. Yeah, <laughs> slap us with those facts. Slap yeah, let me let me facts. let me smack you in the face with some 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 slapping some facts. facts. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's some good alliteration right there. Slapping facts. Yeah. Well, and I figure we can we can kind of um, start with with the barbarian and then move to the destroyer once we've we've mined this for whatever it is. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. You know, start with the first one and then go to and then move one. to the second. So, rather than how know, I mean... saw them originally, which was the second one and then the first one. Oh, like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A bit confusing. Well, so so the reason why is the the like mom and pop video shop that I originally rented these from. Mm-hmm. Um had movies uh delineated by like rating Mm. right like alphabetically by by (laughs) genre and then by rating yeah right which to me sounds like a nightmare but it it was like this old couple running it like it was literally like a grandma grandpa running it yeah so they could do whatever they wanted and and so yeah like at the time i was a huge fan of like the conan comic and the conan did you know that there was a uh, an animated tv show i did not but i did know that there was an rpg that's what actually introduced me to the uh conan world yeah yeah the well, rpg well so yeah and in uh in 92 i think i i think it's called conan adventures or conan adventure or something like that but mm. so conan the destroyer and i see arnold schwarzenegger on it because conan the destroyer is pg not r rate so it was separated from the rest of the things i would have been looking at at the time ah. uh, and so i saw this one first and i was like okay that or uh, the destroyer first and i was like okay that was cool i guess mm-hmm. sure um and then you know a couple years later ran across the barbarian then and then figured out because this is pre-internet Oh, this one comes first. Yeah, but this is his origin story. <laughs> yeah, so this one is uh, is uh, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 1982, uh, $20 million budget, $80 million box office, although um, mm-hmm. as of 2007, there's an additional $300 million in video sales and wow. rentals that you have to account for, and that's as of 2007. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this was definitely a a cult classic. Yeah. Think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would say it was actually a popular movie rather than just a cult classic, too, just no. given that it made back so much box office. Um, now, they had been trying to make Conan films uh, going back to 1966, but licensing, like always on any adapted work, is a huge issue um, because the author of the stories, Robert Howard, um, killed himself in 1936 oh. he was 30 years old so wow all of his the licenses to all of the characters that he had he created are all just kind of scattershot into the wind Ugh. because as you can imagine like yeah. w- like he died at 30 and so he's probably like he probably wasn't thinking like yeah That's, where am i going to be in yeah. 40 years with this yeah yeah um so like Conan is owned by someone, Cole is owned by someone else, uh, Solomon Kane mm-hmm. is owned by another. Pro- so like, there's a bunch of different properties for different movies that have, have come up, uh, and and that's why is that it's just random as to who owns them. Um, huh. Now, John Milius is a really interesting guy. He's the so he's the director. Um, mm-hmm he's a really weird guy so he he went to to a uh ucla films or um usc film school with um george lucas and steven spielberg so he's from that like that class of film director but he's kind of like like where all of the other people in their film class like if you look at their their mannerisms and um the types of movies they make they're all kind of nerds Except for Millius, like Millius is this like like in real life the 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 guy's like the cigar chomping gun shooting like macho dude, oh, but like huh. he's 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 the cool asshole that shows up to to the class drunk at nine a.m. on his motorcycle, right? Like he's he's yeah. that kind of guy, um, and so it makes sense that he's he's drawn to you know Conan the Barbarian, but that's just to point out that he has he does have the same like film school training which is why this movie looks a certain way yeah Um, yeah. oliver stone was hired to write uh and initially direct this but but stone's script was was um written as as it was written um the budget would have ran around 40 million dollars and in 1982 to a guy with no other credits under his belt so Mm -hmm uh they hired milius um at this point he had directed a couple of like surfing movies right um but they were critically acclaimed right um and they they hired him to direct uh specifically if he would change the script during rewrites um he he's also the guy that wrote um dirty harry and magnum force so like those were very popular movies at the at the time and so it makes sense that they would hire this guy who's adapting this other work and they're like okay so you know how to write really tight scripts Mm -hmm. um, that are proven successful um dino de laurentis the producer in the production company uh was brought in because of his the contract they had with john milius Um, okay and so he kind of Milius is, is kind of responsible for the the athletic look to Conan in this. Mm. Um, 
so on top of how big Schwarzenegger always already was, um, he had to follow a strict training regimen for eighteen wow. months to get the right look for this. Jeez. So I this mean, is literally th- this movie is Schwarzenegger at his utmost physical peak of perfection. Yeah. And um, how old was Schwarzenegger when he was in this movie? Um, let's see. How old is with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Let's yeah, see. because I mean, this would have been in like little... 1980 or so. Yeah. Um, when they were working on this because the movie came out in 82. So, because this was kind of the movie that put Schwarzenegger on the map, right? Because, um, yes, yeah, like Terminator came out afterwards, yes, yeah, Yeah. because he was kind of uh, just a bodybuilder at that time. Um, and I believe, yeah, he had been in in like two or three, like he was Hercules and Hercules in New York, Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't have any, like, he had lines, but someone else was dubbed in over him. Um, and then he was in Pumping Iron. Um, okay. But yeah, let's see. Uh, Schwarzenegger was born in 47. So he would have been th- like 33, 34. Jeez, and he still looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so like yeah. he's he's more in shape now than he was was even in Pumping Iron. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get this training... <laughs> Um, he was doing uh, running, arms only rope climbs, Jeez. horseback riding, oh, and then like hours and hours a day straight worth of swimming. Of swimming, yeah. yeah. On top of his normal regimen, um, he they also made him go through speech therapy. Um, oh, because of um, his accent. He, well, no, it's. It, it wasn't his accent. It was um, his facility with the English language at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was he could speak English, but not like what you would need out of a leading man in a movie. I mean, really, he only has like. A well, few he lines. he does have fairly extended lines in this. Um, yes. Like, but he is they're very mainly monologues. But he's yeah, like you're saying, he's he's very much like the silent type. Yeah um protagonist yeah but even with that like he some of the longer speeches in this apparently had to be rehearsed like 40 plus times for Mm. them to get ready enough to like record i mean because acting is all about like inflection and the way that you speak the way that you you know um enunciate certain words so yeah it's it's hard, but I, I guess they really wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger's look for for Conan. Yeah, because like it's it's so interesting seeing like the comics because Arnold fits this role. Like it, it feels like they plucked a character from those actual comics and just stuck it in real. Yeah, life. I don't know why Milius was like, "Nah, you need to you need to get bigger." <laughs> yeah he's he's already pretty big although like watching this movie again like he's insanely large yes yeah yeah Um, he is i i mean you know the the um well and the other thing with his his speech is that so so james earl jones was cast to be balsa dune Mm -hmm. um instead of sean connery it was originally going to be sean connery oh was it 
Oh. Yeah, but but yeah, they they cast Jones, and because of his his like Shakespearean background and theater background, he was able to help Schwarzenegger with his lines and how to deliver them. Oh, that's um, really cool. So yeah, a lot of the the acting in this you, you is propped up by the fact that James Earl Jones is a fantastic actor, and yeah, between yeah. takes was telling Schwarzenegger, "No, no, you need to you need to deliver it like this. <laughs> like yeah. this is what you're trying to get across." Yeah. Um. And then, you know, John Huston was considered for the role of King Osric, um, which people may or may not know who John uh, Huston is, or Houston is. Um, he's he's a, an older actor. He's he's the, uh, the the main villain in Chinatown, if um, anyone's ever seen that. Um, not seen that. He's mainly done like Westerns from like the 60s. Okay. 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, Subutai the uh the rogue that the conan gets up with i don't know if you noticed this but all of his lines were dubbed by a different actor <laughs> no i didn't if you yeah if you watch because i have a, a 4k of this and so his his mouth is moving kind of in the right shapes but it's um, but yeah it? um they dubbed it because that so his only other acting experience was in one of millie's surf movies where he he basically was playing himself and uh, so the guy uh, had like doesn't have a whole lot of acting experience and also sounds like a california surfer because he's a california <laughs> surfer yeah <laughs> um so which is like, funny like i want to i want to see the work print of the original lines being said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, if he like, calls totally. uh, schwarzenegger bro and says totally yeah. a lot <laughs> um now, uh, Oliver Stone's draft of the script was originally completed in 78 mm. um, and would have been about a four and a half hour long film. Ooh, okay. Um, he like, I don't know, that. like, I don't know if he was paid to do this or if he just <laughs> did this as a pitch, but he was apparently adapting um, a movie called or a, a, a story from from the original Conan, like uh, short stories. Mm -hmm. called black colossus and uh another one called a witch shall be born and just kind of jamming them together in one story okay he also had it set in a post-apocalyptic future interesting um, where conan is leading an army against ten thousand mutants in the desert that would have been an interesting take I, to this i'm not gonna say i hate it <laughs> i'm yeah, confused how like i'm i'm confused in 1978 when oliver stone is sitting at his typewriter how why he's like i'm going to adapt these two things and i'm going to make it a post-apocalyptic movie with mutants like what? yeah <laughs> like i think you got too many things going on I, there yeah i mean i i wouldn't not watch a four and a half hour conan movie with that premise but I, I don't think it would be well remembered yeah <laughs> um yeah it, it was uh eventually shot in spain um the set um let's see what did i write here i don't know what this means set broke type um so oh it, the, so the set broke with with the type of film it was like because like this is essentially a sword and sandal movie um, a sword and sandal movie they, they were oh. popular in the the 50s in hollywood with like like gladiator type movies yeah um this used more 
like so sword and sandal movies i see what i meant here when i wrote this Uh, so sword and sandal movies typically used like like greco-roman influences in in the set design and the costumes yeah Um, sort of like ben hur yeah yeah exactly ben hur is is like one of the the like like or examples of a sword and sorcery or Mm. sword and sandal movie um this specific movie i don't know if you noticed but they um they used a lot of mongol and viking influences for for like costuming sets things like that Mm -hmm. um uh schwarzenegger sandy bergman and lopez uh did all of their own stunts and fight choreography (laughs) for this movie which is really kind of cool um they used fake blood bags (laughs) <laughs> obviously like they weren't actually chopping each other yeah. um they did use slaughterhouse blood for set decorations yeah so the swords all were made for five from fiberglass when they were doing killing blows so like they had more more set safety than than you would think because it looks like they're swinging around real, real steel. swords yeah um and in fact schwarzenegger I mean... does have a real copy of like that sword was real for certain shots but never when he was like swinging it at another person yeah because it looks like it has some weight to it oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's like yeah just kind of like moving it around and everything yeah yeah well and and um you know with the 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 swords like some of them had had little perforations where it would shoot blood from the tips of the swords or from the sides of the swords or the Mm -hmm. blades um and then some of them would retract um sandy bergman um who plays valeria uh had the tip of her finger almost sliced off by an extra who was using a fiberglass sword yeah um which you can actually see in the movie it's when they're they're fighting the people in thulsa doom's cavern um i kept that take (laughs) um but uh yeah other than that real swords were used by cat by the cast so like um you know the sword props for just for for specific shots uh those swords cost about ten thousand dollars a sword and so like schwarzenegger i think still has his um but that's (laughs) That's like that's the level of detail and craftsmanship that that goes into that sort of thing oh that's really Um, cool originally there was a contract with mattel uh for toys but then they canceled this because this was way more violent than they were expecting yeah this isn't really like a kid's like no no it's not (laughs) it really is not (laughs) yeah i mean there's quite a lot of gore there's um you know a lot of skin um oh yeah yeah well again he's he's a he's a very macho director like he's just like give me the blood and the tits and the the... yeah (laughs) this was um i mean it was very like bombastic um yeah even like when schwarzenegger was like biting that uh vulture's like neck and everything i think that's cool i send that i i i you may have forgotten that i do this I, i know i send it out to all all the friends in my contact list or try to every Thanksgiving, I send a uh, oh, yeah. card that I made. This is Happy Thanksgiving, and it's a it's a still of Arnold Schwarzenegger biting into that vulture. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, and like 
it's, it's themes that um, I feel like are, uh, you know, definitely tropes of the, the sword and magic kind of um, universe. But, like, the universe building. So, I hadn't seen... Um, I hadn't seen this movie um, since I was like, I guess in college. And the reason uh, that I actually watched this movie in college was um, through the uh, RPGs. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There was um, like a Conan the Barbarian RPG. Um, where I think it was more based on like the stories and the comics than the movie, hmm. but um, it was such a interesting kind of like world. I was like, oh, I should actually watch the the movie and everything. So I watched the movie when I was in college, and I was like, okay, I can sort of see where they got some of this influence and everything. Um, the RPG was actually kind of interesting. Um, I don't think it's still available i think it's been discontinued i don't remember which um which uh publisher published it but uh, well so a variation of it still exists oh, cool. um so what you were probably playing was the mongoose version probably yeah um, that sounds familiar because that was published in 04 mm-hmm um well the second edition was in 04 i don't know when the first edition was um and then modifius has a version now that uses the 2d20 system that they okay yeah i think it was probably the mongoose one yeah yeah i remember that um that picture on the uh oh him uh, fighting the snake lady yeah yeah So, so yeah, that was actually what introduced me to uh, Conan first, and then huh. from there I ended up watching the movie, and then I rewatched the uh, the movie because like it's it's funny I have these like moments and scenes in my like my head that I remember from way back when I was like yes I remember like the iconic sort of like moments, but then like rewatching it there's there's quite a lot of um, things going on there like Mm -hmm. i i guess i totally forgot about the whole like you know point of the uh movie where it's just like a revenge story yeah oh yeah Yeah. that's it's just a revenge story (laughs) yeah and there's not really that much like character development of conan there there is mm, well there's there's some um i would you know i would argue and and i have argued in the past with people that that we know that like um like samurai films that this is actually a samurai film um usually that that suggestion gets shot down but i can sort of see it it this this i mean it's a wandering like ronin kind of you know trying to accomplish a goal yeah well like even in the shots that are used like it's um like it looks like it could have been a kurosawa movie Mm -hmm. um you know if like just i would recommend people go back and and look at examples of samurai film and you can almost certainly and milius would have known that that's what he's doing like 
that that's the type of movie he's making yeah um just because again he's he is a film school guy like he he, he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah. yeah uh and you know and it in a similar way a lot of like um like post-apocalyptic movies that come out like they're generally shot in the style of a western you know? yeah like that's yeah. that's just how the the troops that you use to tell the certain types of stories um but yeah no like this is this is primarily a revenge story like he does have some character development where he has to like learn to give a shit about other people <laughs> yeah but i feel like when he's learning to give a shit it's more because it's going to help him out like he's only giving a shit because there is some ulterior motive that will help him uh well i mean when he first releases subatai yeah like that wouldn't have benefited him really that's true um and then like they go carousing and then he falls in love with this this uh other rogue that which it's funny if you watch this movie like yes he's a barbarian but if the if we were doing D D classes right yeah like he he would definitely be a barbarian but but i think that what you'd actually have is more someone that's like a fighter slash rogue mix yeah because he does have fight training <laughs> yeah yeah he doesn't he really doesn't, like, rage out like when he's drunk he punches a camel but yeah. but like he doesn't really rage you know yeah he he's a, a skilled fighter and you know that's through his training at the um the uh gladiator like arena and stuff yeah. like that um again it's it's kind of funny how they like gloss over like this is how he becomes so buff is because of like the labor that he has to do because he's basically an um indentured servant yeah like they they put him on the wheel of pain and they just have yeah. him push that for however long it takes him to be that massive yeah it's like mm. which i have to one like there's eight other people there pushing the or seven other people <laughs> yeah like none of them got that yeah. like why is he that big i know if i was on that wheel of pain i'm like what about me <laughs> when do i get those muscles you weren't trying hard enough tall monster that weighs like 900 pounds of muscle too <laughs> yeah got chip <laughs> um but uh, what do you think about the uh, magic in this system um i like that it's kind of vague because it fits the feel of the like sword and sorcery type stuff yeah. it's like you see that there's witches like he has sex with a with a witch um that like loses her mind and then like is, like has to leave like apparently he's just like that good yeah there's a lot of um <laughs> not but great. also you have the cool little heist where you're breaking where they're breaking into uh thulsa doom's cult the, yeah. the like random snake cult that's popped up in this city with no explanation yeah um, like <laughs> like i don't get what he's trying to do the, the main like villain dude like what's what was he trying to accomplish so his his whole thing remember the the entire the the entire purpose for him is to find the riddle of steel 
Yeah. Um, which is a Sumerian thing, right? Which is the the group of people that that Conan is from. Uh-huh. Um, Thulsa Doom, when when Conan gets very close to killing him, when when they're they're uh, looking for Osric's daughter, yeah. Um, like his whole purpose is to find as much power as possible and so like his answer to the riddle of steel is that flesh is stronger because like he just commands someone to kill themselves and they do mm-hmm. so like his whole purpose is to j- basically just be a, a cult leader now in the original stories um Thulsa doom is like a skeletor figure like he's he's an undead wizard okay. <laughs> right yeah. but it's it's wizard that they would have written back in like the 20s and 30s so mm-hmm. it's just like it's kind of like how gandalf uses magic yeah and now I it's like just that. now it's, i'm it's, using yeah. magic and it's <laughs> like and there's the no magic real, comes from me yeah <laughs> there's no real limits or or um or what you can do with it it's just it's magic yeah it's just like oh hey you're you're magic <laughs> yeah. um and i kind of like that um having that like kind of uh, more um soft magic versus like the crunchy magic yeah i, I, I much prefer that well. too. yeah i think it fits well in this like universe yeah yeah because i mean this is supposed to be like our prehistory um yeah do you think um conan's got a little bit of magic in them uh no no you think he's just I don't a think so. Dude. I mean, he was he was resurrected, so maybe, maybe that imbued him yeah. with something. Maybe, yeah. but I I do really really like that scene too, where he um, where he's crucified on the tree of woe. Yeah. Um. And they, then Valeria has has um. Uh, what is the sorcerer's name? Akira, Akira. I think so. The yeah. wizard that lives out in the the the. the the mounds um oh she yeah has the him... costume was well yeah 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 well yeah. i i really like the costuming in in this like i i like the weird mishmash of, of yeah. different cultures that they use of just like weird like feathers and furs and everything yeah yeah which i mean they're shooting in the desert you can't tell me that those furs were just not ungodly yeah disgusting hot. to wear um but yeah, no, the uh the the scene where the spirits are trying to take his life and she she it basically exchanges herself for for Conan. Mm-hmm. Is interesting. Um now, I like said, when Oh, yeah. Oh, I I like when Doom straightens out a snake and shoots her with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really cool for him to take it. Just be like, "Oh, hey, I don't need any arrows." I have something better. I have the poisonous, poisonous motherfucker as an arrow. <laughs> yeah. So you said that you read the comics and the um the books, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't read all of the books, but mainly they're like collected short stories. Okay. Um, Robert Jordan actually wrote a couple of the novels. Oh, maybe. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, how true does this um this movie like stay to it? Like it's um. Better? so this it's it's pretty close to what um you know because what they were working with was an adaptation of two 
short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they take pretty a lot of liberties, or clo- I mean, yeah, they they take a lot of liberties. Like it's they 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 update you know a lot of the dialogue and a lot of the setting and stuff like that. But because um, like you can look up pictures of what Conan would look like when they would whenever uh, like weird fantasy or or um like galaxy or whatever would, would run one of the short stories like the conan mm-hmm. short stories were popular enough that they would be painted for the cover oh cool and like if you look at some of those covers conan looks like the biggest wiener in the planet <laughs> like he just he looks like some dude in the 20s with like oiled up slick back short hair wearing yeah. like a roman like breastplate like that that's ah <laughs> <laughs> like he just he looks like a wiener that fell through a time portal. <laughs> uh, was it, so, I, because, you know, this this movie was definitely a product of its time. Yeah. And it was a product of its um, director, where it was, like, very much, you know, sexualized characters, um, blood and gore, you know, a lot of that stuff. Um, was was the books and the um comics um, were they it's so like... the comics weren't because like marvel was doing those comics in like the 70s and so mm-hmm. you still had the like the oh, cca the yeah yeah uh or the the comics code or, or whatever um so they would never get like super gory or graphic mm-hmm. um you know the the movie i think takes liberties with that because it's you know people are swinging swords at each other like yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be gory <laughs> um, well, that, and you know the um the director um this was like his kind of stylization of it. yeah yeah i mean he uh, his, what are what are some other films that he's done that might shed some light on that because like like i said he wrote dirty harry and and the sequel to it um yeah in terms of director he directed uh a lot oh he wrote apocalypse now so it's like war stories his movie after this was red dawn oh wow okay um yeah he he he's only directed like uh let's see seven movies he's he's mainly a writer um so like mm-hmm. his movies are dillinger the wind and the lion big wednesday Apo- uh conan the barbarian red dawn farewell to the king and flight of the intruder from 91 interesting oh. yeah um so like he's done script revisions for like saving private ryan temple of doom um yeah so like he writes this kind of stuff like he's he's very much that type of guy yeah Um, where it's going to be very like i mean pulpy and kind of campy and everything yeah and i mean you know this is a a huge departure from at the time the the other big fantasy series at the time was star wars right yeah um and so yeah like there's no blood in star wars yeah, I mean, this was a, yeah, kind of a departure because, like, this is fantasy versus sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's, it's, um, but I mean, but, that's the other like Star thing. Wars was kind of geared towards kids, right? Is that? Uh, I, it had toys. I, I don't, 
people say that like star wars because at this point it would have been um a new hope and empire strikes back that were yeah. out like return of the jedi is just coming out like a year later mm-hmm. i don't know how for kids a new hope and um empire strikes back actually are uh, like there's toys that went with them and, and they, they were marketed to kids. But like, if you watch those movies, they're, they're not really for kids. Eh. Um, just in terms of pacing, they're, you know, they're my favorites, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say that they're kids movies either. Eh, I mean, I feel like new, Ho- not, not new, Hope. um, because, like, Return of the Jedi, that's why they added the, like, Ewoks was they wanted to make it a little bit more kid-friendly, right? Or, like... Yeah, well, I, that I mean, era. that's... that it, At the point in time that this movie came out, that was not even in the... Okay. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, like, you, you just have the first two... Well, the episodes four and five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how did you find um, this movie's uh, pacing? Because it's kind of a long movie. Uh, well, so it's two hours. Um, yeah. It is, it is slow in parts and fast in others. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of yeah it, I it's find kind like... of vignettes that are like you can tell where certain like stories start and end basically yeah like yeah. you can see like the first half of this movie um up until the point when they're uh arrested in the city for breaking into the the um the tower of the serpent yeah like you can tell that that was probably one or two stories and then there's an overlap where they've wound in this other like sub subplot um where they they're they're asked to go find this guy's daughter who's fallen in with this cult um yeah that's another couple of stories because it's not really straightforward it's more about the journey right yeah it's like these small little like it feels kind of D and ish in a way exactly you're having like these like campaign not campaigns but like these sessions it's like well you know this session wrapped up and uh it ties into you know next month's session and well yeah you know, you know what it, all the sessions is just like an overarching like goal where it's like get revenge or something like that yeah well you know what's funny is it um it strikes me as the type of game that's running where it starts off with like, you know, people getting their backstories together or whatever. Yeah. And then it the starts most off cliche with like a, backstory. Yeah. <laughs> My parents were killed. Now well, I have to avenge them. If you watch it through that lens, like what that looks like is, okay, we see Conan's backstory and how he met Subatai and then how, the two of them ran into the third member of their party. Yeah. And if you, from there, it's like, okay, so here's where the DM is running this pre-written adventure. Yeah. And then they blow through it and they kill the giant snake. That's probably supposed to come up later. And it's like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm writing this on my own the rest of the way. Yeah, exactly. Like it, (laughs) 
It plays a lot like a D and D, yeah. Because you know, like Balsa Doom has the power to turn into a giant snake, which we see him do later. Which is like, okay, I think that what happened is they weren't supposed to kill the snake. They got lucky, and they did, and the DM's like, "Well, shit, now I've got to." Well, now I gotta. I gotta something else out. I gotta figure something else out so that we can continue this. I mean, it's it's definitely happened to me. I'm I'm sure it happens. Uh, yes. More often than not, where you're like, <laughs> this is how it's going to play out, and then like the party throws a monkey wrench, and you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> all my writing now. I've got to change it or tweak it or figure something else out. I will say too, though, that this is probably one of my favorite film scores of a movie. Like between this oh, yeah. and RoboCop, that uh, Basil Polidorus um, does some awesome soundtracks that involve people hitting anvils with hammers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, I I think that the setting is very um, interesting. I think they do a nice uh, job, like world building and sort of like you know fleshing out this particular world with like set pieces with music with just the interactions with characters again like arnold's character doesn't really say much but there's a lot of supporting actors that kind of like are able to give a little bit of dialogue which you know can um paint the world a little bit more yeah yeah um oh yeah with that um do you want to move over to conan the destroyer Oh, um, so or did you have any other last thoughts on this? Or should we do the recommendations as a group or individual on the movies? Recommendations. Like, yeah, would you recommend this movie to somebody? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, or, absolutely. Th- this is probably one of those movies that I rewatch every couple of years. Okay. Um, so what grade would you give it? If you oh, I would give it an A+. Plus. A plus. No notes. <laughs> No notes. You're no perfect. Notes. Perfect. One one of the few shining things in the top ten. No notes. Yeah. Um, I mean it. Uh, so it's good. I would recommend it for you know people who enjoy um fantasy movies. Um, I wouldn't say it's like top ten for me. Yeah. I'd probably give it like a solid B gotcha. because it is a product of its time and um, but like. It was fun. Um, I do yeah. think that it the pacing could have been a little bit tighter, um, but I enjoyed myself watching this movie. Well, good. Yeah. All right. So, what did you think about Destroyer? So, Destroyer. Okay. So, Destroyer came out in '84. Now, <laughs> Schwarzenegger had this movie out let's see in 1984 was kind of like the busy time for him in terms yeah. of yeah how old is he uh so 84 he would have been like 35. 35 um yeah. so he had this come out and then he also had the terminator come out mm-hmm. um 85 had commando raw deal was in 86 and then 87 had both the predator and the running man Ooh, yeah so like his 80s output is fucking wild yeah i mean Um, bangers yeah so like this comes out in 84 it has an 18 million dollar budget and 31 million dollar box office um to give an idea of the type of movie we're going to be talking about uh rotten tomatoes has it as a 24 percent and metacritic has it as a 53 
Yeah. Now, I like this movie, kind of. Um, <laughs> of course you it's do. It's fun. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's fun. Um, it's it's very much more of a D&D type movie than not. Um, and part of that is... So, Milius did not do the sequel. Um, yeah. He, just, he, his, he wasn't available because he was shooting um, Red Dawn. Which it definitely had like a different tone to it. Yeah, well, and part of that is so Richard Fleischer is the director of this. Let me mm. go down his his he he has a pretty extensive filmography. Um, he he's since died, um, because he's older. But um, <laughs> nice segue. Well, like he so he, he to give you an idea of his age, he he was part of Fleischer Studios. Um, I have no idea what that is um they're they're the people that did the animation that looks like cuphead basically oh, it's, oh. it's what cuphead's referencing like it's that okay. style of animation. Wow, that, yeah um i think of like tiny cards or cars you know where you have to like crank them up and everything like that yeah now granted that Malatees. was his, his uncle but that's like the era that he's coming from yeah 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 um but but he um so his filmography of things that are relevant that people may have seen today um, are in 1954, he did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Highly recommend watching that, by the way. Hmm. Um, he you know, did... I've never watched that, but I've been on the ride. At the oh, it's movie. really good. It's the especially ride? Yeah, the ride's pretty good. Oh, well, no, the I movie. mean, he does an octopus <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Mechanical. Um, shakes the boat, or shakes the uh, submarine and everything. Uh, Scares me. 10 out of 10. <laughs> would ride again i think i think that ride's actually closed in uh disney world uh, i think it is yeah. yeah people people just aren't interested to see uh, the uh, mechanical octopus or was it a squid i think it was a squid, it's a squid. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Squid. my bad um, sorry sorry all the fans of uh, sorry all the all, all the, the squiddies all, all the fans of this ride that's probably still not there yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he so he did Ten Thousand Leagues. He did Fantastic Voyage, Doctor Doolittle. Oh, I I did Doctor Doolittle from um uh, the remake with uh not that one, <laughs> not that one. Eddie Murphy. Um, he did Soylent Green. Uh, I know it's made from people. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, I haven't seen that movie. Uh, the know. Jazz Singer, Amityville 3D. After this, he did Red Sonia. Hang on, he did a 3D movie? Yeah, Amityville 3D in 1983. Oh, 1983. oh they had 3D movies back then? Yeah, they had 3D movies since like the 50s, I think. And uh, studios oh, just yeah. were trying to push them every now and then. but <laughs> Yeah, with the, like, the, the um, uh, blue and red glasses. Yeah, you know, three D movies give me like, I don't know if it's the like whole motion sickness sort of thing, but like it gives me motion sickness. I can't. Oh, I can't watch them. They they make me um, they make they me make nauseous. me dizzy and they make yeah. me feel like like I'm not light effect like I'm epileptic but not light affected, uh-huh. but they make me very like it scrambles my brain in a way that I'm just like. Can't in a haze and can't yeah. process so yeah it's like i just don't watch 3d movies yeah that's the same like a friend tried to get me to go and see the new avatar movie which is like two hours in 3d i was like 
no, I, I, I can't do that. Oh, I, I have to, uh, So it's three hours. <laughs> oh, it's three hours? Yeah, yeah. It's like I, three hours. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's so visually, like, stimulating and, like, I just, I feel no. like I would have walked out of that uh, theater and been like, I'm going yeah, to that would have been now. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, sorry. no. Okay, yeah. So, so they, um, they, yeah. So Milius was not available. They they get Fleischer, who's mainly done a lot of like more kids oriented. Like he's done some adult oriented movies, mm-hmm. uh, like not porn, but like yeah. like Mr. Majestic is a revenge thriller with Charles yeah. Bronson as the the lead. Like it's like he's done old school type movies that are not as violent necessarily like he did red sonia after this which is kind of supposed to complete the trilogy but schwarzenegger is not playing conan in it right um so they get him they universal decides to maximize the profits and by doing this they say you need to turn down the violence um they so Fleischer originally was going to keep it as an R-rated sequel, but mm-hmm. Universal insisted on a PG rating. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to remind people, in the 80s, the rating system was G for general audiences, PG for parental guidance suggested, R for 17 and up, and then X-rated was something that not a lot of theaters played. Like, that was... Th- those were more like art house movies yeah, that would yeah. play. Um, there was no PG thirteen yet. Um, yeah, that's it's interesting that they like. Why would they like try to like switch the audience to like children from like adults? It's not like it's kids are watching Conan the Barbarian, a rated R movie, and then being like, "Oh boy, I really want to watch the uh, sequel." Yeah, um, I don't know um yeah because like this the movie clearly references like some of the events that happened in the previous movie yeah well like yeah it starts off with him and um i forget the the little um wimp character uh what is his name tracy walter the the guy playing malek yeah um which tracy walter is also uh yeah, he's Bob the Goon in Batman, the the eighty nine Batman, the Joker's. Bob the Goon. Yeah, the Joker's henchman. Okay, yeah, uh, I believe you. Uh, <laughs> Man, I haven't seen uh, the original Batman in such a long, long time. It's good. You should uh, you should check watch it, it because the Joker was um, Jack uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh no, <laughs> Jack. No, Nicholas. no, that would have been very uh, a very different movie. <laughs> I don't know it's Nicholas Cage, but yeah, Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I just but, want everything uh, to have Nicholas Cage in it. Yeah, well, and and you know the at the but time yeah, there you have to like know like some of these characters from the first movie to like. Well, you really just have to know Conan. Like he's he and um, Akiro, which you will know this. Uh, Akiro is played by a gentleman named Mako, um, who was the voice oh. actor for Uncle Iroh. Yeah, in Last Airbender. Yeah, such a fantastic uh, 
He's actor. always sounded like that. Yeah. <laughs> Never change. That is just his speaking voice. Yeah. Um, oh, who's the same uh, guy from um, Archer, Bob's Burgers? Uh... Oh, um, H. John Benjamin. Yeah, yeah, that's just basically his voice. Just his voice. He doesn't, he doesn't like try to switch it up or anything like that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. I do like there. There's a. Did you ever see that one Bob's Burgers where there was a crossover with Archer? I like, did. Yeah, where he's like, "You sound just like me." Yeah, you sound <laughs> like me as well. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I find that hilarious that he like. He, Middle doesn't of the change show. his inflection. He's just like, ah, I'm just going to walk in here and record some lines. Well, I'm I'm in the middle of a show where there's one character that's introduced who is kind of like a like a betrayer type figure, um, mm-hmm. and so the, this group of people is very angry at him. Um, and the only people on their side who goes who who who's like, oh, I don't know, I think I don't, I think he's fine. He's got a perfect voice. Is the guy that voices both the guy that says that and also the betrayer character <laughs> i don't know he has a lovely voice yeah. <laughs> which i think is funny um but yeah no they uh so with this they they went to pg because pg-13 was not an option at yeah. the time so which is weird because if you watch movies in the um the early 80s like temple of doom is pg um, yeah where Raiders there's like a dude who actually melts PG. Um, Red Dawn, I think, is PG. Um, yeah. Gremlins? Yeah. Gremlins is it? Like, it, I'm not a fan yeah. of the rating systems. I think they're largely bullshit. Um, yeah. But I can definitely see why there was a need to go, maybe there's a step between kids' movie and R-rated. Huh? Yeah. Maybe there's a... <laughs> Maybe there's a step between those. Um, yeah, because it's all of these like threshold numbers of like, oh, this is you know, where it's like, I, I, it's not black and white. There's some gray to it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they uh they shot this one in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the scenes they cut is, so there was a seduction of a statue scene, um. I'm assuming the angry God statue got fucked at some point. Oh, um, okay. Uh, Will Chamberlain, um, uh, having a sex scene, a virgin sacrifice. And then there was, there was a queen Tamaris having sex with Arnold Schwarzenegger scene, which was also cut. Um, mm. now, from I was reading elsewhere online, so th- take this with a grain of salt. There's no way for me to verify this because neither Schwarzenegger or um, Olivia Diabo, who who plays the uh, the princess, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, Princess Jenna, um, who by the way, pr- Olivia Diabo is um, Kevin Arnold's older sister in oh. Wonder Years. Um, oh okay yeah she's the hippie that that moves out but um so there was supposed to be a scene where conan is seduced by queen era princess jenna and olivia olivia diabo at the time was at the time of filming i think was 14 maybe 15 
Mm -hmm. um and apparently that did not happen at all because schwarzenegger was like absolutely not like no i i refuse to do this i don't care how much it costs me to buy my way out of this contract i am not doing this yeah um which i mean good for him yeah Uh, that's fucking great who i want to know who came up with that if that's if that's true what the fuck (laughs) that that is uh the screenplay was stanley mann um i don't know if it's him or one of the other executives that was just like huh maybe maybe we can have this princess seduce conan so she's not a virgin anymore and can't be sacrificed it's like uh uh, no dude no like that (laughs) That actor is no, 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 no. Yeah. Um. Oof. So Oof. yeah, uh, this is supposed to be a trilogy. Um, Schwarzenegger's contract with Dino De Laurentiis was up after Red Sonia. Um, mm. The trilogy. Like, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, no, it so he started getting bigger and bigger roles and, and De Laurentiis as a production company did not would like lowball people. And so they didn't really work with him okay. on doing it. Um, the, the sequel to this quote unquote is based on another Robert Howard movie called or character called Cold the conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out in the nineties with Kevin Sorbo attached. I don't recommend it because largely because Kevin Sorbo is a huge piece of shit. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like he was Hercules, right? Yeah. He was Hercules. Um, oh, okay. and it's unfortunate because yeah, yeah. I can't watch any of those anymore, but yeah, he, like he's yep. a huge piece he's of shit a, now. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's one benefit of social media is that these people get on online and they share their whole asshole to everyone, and it's like, yeah, okay, you're well, just like, well, I'm not well, going guess to, I know uh... what I don't need to watch anymore. Yeah, God. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's supposed to be the third one, and they just changed the character to Cole instead. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as of October 2019, uh, Schwarzenegger did confirm that Conan the King is still in active development i to me that sounds like oh. hollywood's for we want to keep the rights to this yeah but we're not doing anything with we're it. not doing anything because like i mean it makes sense because like he is supposed to be an older character so i mean but but they need to like get cracking on that because he's he's 70 what seven at this point like i really? think he's old enough to play conan the king yeah yeah, I mean, that'd be um, interesting too to like yeah. kind of see that perspective where it's not like Conan focusing as much on his like raw strength, but on sort of his wits that have kept him alive to become the king. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, like this movie is it? It's very much more kid focused. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it wasn't but... great. I did not like it. So there's some bits in it that I kind of like, but largely it's, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I just kind of disinterested. The, the scene where there's, they're, they're in the, um, they're, where they're looking for the gem and they're in the castle with Thothamon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that mirror maze and a fight with that monster in there. Like, mm-hmm. 
that's a kind that's a cool series of of scenes um i don't know if they're like because i remember as a kid this one like creeped me out far more than conan the barbarian really yeah like well it's it's between that and between um uh dagoth coming to life and that statue turning into that giant monster yeah (laughs) um which i think this one also captures the spirit of some of the some of the short stories because you have to keep in mind the um the the stories were coming out at a time kind of close to when lovecraft was publishing Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of crossover in the communities where like robert howard would write things for the cthulhu mythos and and write some write in some of the weird horror stuff into conan so like this what i'm saying is like this this is kind of a much purer adaptation of what the short stories were than Mm. the barbarian like the barbarian is very much a macho samurai film this is more of an adaptation of the short stories so you know if you like the conan story like i i don't dislike this movie um i i own a copy of it like it's it's um i rewatch it less frequently than yeah i feel like if you have nothing better to watch you could probably watch this yeah well and i mean this is one of those movies too this and barbarian too when i was in like middle school um tbs would rerun them like constantly back to back like on weekends i i guess I think on like Sundays they maybe had like dad the the like dad afternoon or whatever and they would show like <laughs> like Conan and like James Bond and Hunt for Red October. <laughs> yeah. Just like cycle through them. Um but I, mean, um, I just I felt like it could have been a little bit better. Yeah. I mean I, I do like that there's more characters in this though. Where like humor wasn't super great. No, I think that's I, that's part just, of them trying to make it a kids movie too. Yeah, it just doesn't land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like Wilt Chamberlain as Bombada is interesting. I don't like that character, but I I, I think his portrayal is funny. Because um, mm. <laughs> they have him like for some reason in this world they're like tall equals muscular, and it's like no man, like Wilt Chamberlain's a basketball player. Like he's yeah. big, but. I don't know, like, if we're talking, like, hand-to-hand fist fight in a, in a marble, like, courtyard or whatever, I think that Conan's got the advantage on Bombada. Probably, like, yeah. <laughs> um, not, not, nothing, nothing against Will Chamberlain, because, like, yeah. yeah, he's a big dude, but he's also built like a basketball player, because he was a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, it's, it's very light. It's not like... I'm going to pop this this tuna can with my bicep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to crush this melon with my like thick thighs. Now I like um Grace Jones as Zula in this. Mm-hmm. Just this wild woman that that is in the process of being stoked to death, but she's still fighting all of these sons of bitches with just like a stick. Yeah, yeah. They pick her up. I, I, I think it's very funny. Um, her introduction, also, where they're like, where they're like, "Hey, um, that's not cool." 
let's uh hey let's free her and conan's just like all right we'll free her hey uh you want to join our party and she's like sure sure i got nothing better to do again in 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 the framing of this being a a D game that's the new player who's joining the group yeah where you're like think of a cool way that you actually form up with the group (laughs) i was in a cage they freed me that's literally what happened with one of our characters Yep. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened with one of the characters in the game we're playing. <laughs> we freed this person. You yeah, all so you, cool. So you do like Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> I knew it. I can't even believe I ripped off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I gotta change my score. Um, I will admit, though, that uh, this... Um, so I did enjoy the score of the first one. The music and like the sound effects and stuff in the second one, not as strong. No, no. It, I it, it was not great. Yeah, I mean, they had Basil Polidorus come back and do the score, but the, the music, you're right. It's not, there's something yeah. about it that's off. Yeah. Um, so now that being said, I do like all, when they're in Thothamon's, um, castle all the weird like synth music and like the super shiny mirrors and like the 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 glamour yeah filter they have on the cameras all the, all the sparkles yeah yeah all the sparkles yeah <laughs> but i do feel like you know and it was one of the things that i praised uh conan the barbarian was like there was this world building that really like played well with like set pieces as well as the music and stuff like that and i just felt that was kind of lacking on this one like it felt like they heavily relied on like the first movie kind of setting things up and now it's just time for some wacky adventures oh no look the camel's coming back for revenge and yeah it's just i don't know I think that there's a scene where he he apologizes to the camel, which is like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. What, what are you doing? Camel's yeah, and husband. again, it's like, you would only know this if you watched the first, you know, movie. And, like, if they're shooting for, like, an audience of kids, most kids aren't going to watch that first movie. Yeah. I don't, yeah, so... So, you know, truthfully, this one, um, I can see why it kind of gets a lower score. Um, it definitely gets a um, not-so-great score for me. I give it, like, a, uh, a C-. minus. I would give this a B. Okay. This is fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I it's mean... not hurting anyone. It doesn't, like, there's no, like... There's no stories. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm behind the scenes, like there, there are always stories on film sets, especially in the eighties of people like doing things they shouldn't be. But like, yeah. as far as I've been able to find, like, this is a relatively harmless movie where like, no one was hurt in the production. No one was, no one like had their lives risked unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, like it's fine. It's, it's, you know, I've sat through this movie multiple times. Um, yeah you sat through it did you enjoy it 
Yeah, I mean, most sometimes I would I would sit and I would just have it on for noise in the background while I'm on my phone on Twitter yeah. yelling at people. But um, <laughs> this actually, um, so the the um, I just saw this um, this the adaptation for this the the like novelized version of it mm-hmm. um, was Robert Jordan's uh, fifth book ever written. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. Because, yeah, he apparently wrote, um, he wrote the first seven of the Conan the Barbarian paperbacks. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would give this a B. Like, just a solid B. Not a B minus or a B plus, but solid B. Okay. Um, now, uh, you want to talk about Mimi Me's? Sure, Yeah. Uh, did you want to go first, or did you want me to? I I know that off mic you were like, I have a plethora of me, 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 so I'll let you go first, since I really didn't do too much. Okay, gotcha. So I will, um, let's see. Okay, so I watched something that I think you would appreciate very much called The Lonely Island Presents the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience. Um it's it's a mu- it's an album slash movie where it's like the lonely island boys the yeah the lonely from... island guys do you do you know um do you know from... who the batch brothers are no so the, the batch brothers um is a time in the let's see what year was it so early eighties um so the batch brothers. Night are Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire when they were both playing for the Oakland A's. Okay. Um, and so two of the Lonely Island guys are, pl- well, one of them's playing Jose Canseco and one of them's playing Mark McGuire. And it's just like a catalog of all of the bad behavior that <laughs> they did. In the A's. Huh. Um, but it's all like, you know, focused on like, you know, like turtleneck and chain and, and, um, Dracar noir and like all the all the cheap trashy shit from the 80s that those guys love yeah. right um but yeah i i it's something that i think you would enjoy because i don't know you're the only other person i know that knows a little bit about um sports ish things <laughs> tangentially um tangentially like you you know things you've gone to games have i yeah i mean because this isn't like the only thing baseball related is that the fact that they're 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 lampooning the bad behavior of two famous baseball players from the 80s yeah yeah um i mean from the 80s so these were players from the 80s yeah from the early 80s it's mark mcguire and jose canseco okay okay yeah yeah Um, i mean yeah. It's, but it's it's like a collection of vignettes where it's like they have different songs, but they're all shot like music videos. Huh. So it's and like a thirty minute thing. Like it's not very long. Okay. Um, I mean, I remember the Lonely Island Boys from like um, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I used to like listen to their, you know, music. They didn't really have like a CD, but like I would go on YouTube and like watch their stuff. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, like they're. I think they treat this as their like fourth album. Yeah, like they they've referred to it as a video album nice yeah, um fun. i also watched the 
1973 film Robin Hood, the oh. the furry one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, From, uh, I Disney. loved that movie as a kid. I loved that movie too. Yeah. Well, and I saw that it was on Disney Plus, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna watch this." And I'm watching yeah. it, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this is just as horny as I remember it." It's good. Uh... Good. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I remember that movie being very horny, and I was like, "I feel things," but uh, but yeah, I'm glad that 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 continues. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, does the story hold up? Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's seen it's. It in, it's it's time. the um you know it's the legend of robin hood so it, it mm. holds up about as well as that that does yeah um the other things that i did are i uh read through the it's well i read through it's it's two volumes but it's um greg Rucka's comic called the old guard and then i watched the uh, the netflix film that Charlize theron did oh, huh. um I highly recommend both of those. Um, the The comics are so like the premise behind it is that there's a group of immortals, mm-hmm. um, and they like like you can do grievous bodily harm to them and they will die, but then they'll just like wake up again, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the film focuses on on basically the first volume of the comics where like someone has kidnapped one of them because they want to find out genetically how to replicate that because it's a billionaire who doesn't want to die ah right yeah trying to find the uh but yeah like in the comics that which in the comics that happens but they're more of like a mercenary group that like mm-hmm. people know to contact if they need some really dirty shit done because these people are very old and so accordingly like their morals are less like they they feel less bad about killing people i think um now one of the cool things about it is that it, so like charlie's theron's character um it both in the comic and the the movie um she's from like ancient mesopotamia like she's she's so old that it's a wonder that human society still makes like she can still operate correctly in mm. human society yeah um the other people of the team are more recent like i think one of the guys is like from 16 or 1700s france um but one of the interesting things that that they do with the comic and not so so much in the movie just because it doesn't really play a part in the movie because it would involve a lot of prosthetics and stuff is that like you know people's facial features and, and body features have changed in in the past ten thousand years right and so yeah in the comics the older people all have much thicker like angular looking faces um and the younger people are much more much softer and more rounded and stuff because yeah like someone from the year 1000 is going to have oh like modern day wise like a weird fucked up looking face (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i i think that bit of the from from the art perspective is is really interesting but it's it's a um you know it's it's kind of like a militarized version of highlander um they're not like trying to find the last one or whatever they're just trying to 
find the other people like them and this is the easiest way for them to make money because if if you're doing shady mercenary work no one's going to ask you like how old you are or yeah. <laughs> where you're from. Or, like they don't care i want um, to see your credentials my credentials are i have a gun yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, the uh, the the movie's actually pretty good. I wouldn't mind a sequel. Um Charlie's Theron is is great as always. Um It's it's probably as physical a role as she played for Atomic Blonde. Mm, um Okay. Yeah. But not like in a spy way cuz she's not trying to be like sneaky or anything. Like there there's a scene in the movie where they're they're just like not wearing body armor and they're just like walking around with machine guns and then they get like was- purposely shot up in a trap and then they pop back up because they're immortals and they're just yeah. like whatever we don't get we don't wear body armor like yeah it hurts but whatever was the time bomb <laughs> the first um podcast that we did uh i think the first one that you and i did together was lucy lucy okay, okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of related yeah yeah, no, I, I just, we did Atomic Blonde, though, did we? Yes, we, we did. did. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I was just like, it gave me a little bit of a flashback of love. Uh, <laughs> right when I long, said it, I got the ago. same thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, uh, the last thing I did is I watched a series of old OVAs that are actually streaming on Amazon Prime as of recording oh, cool. um, called Goku Midnight Eye. Goku, like is it a uh it's not dragon ball z no 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 no. it's um so the the midnight eye manga like i've i've read a couple of volumes of it it's basically a it's like a cyberpunk noir Mm -hmm. type thing um but the let me see when this was actually animated because i think it's it's from that stretch in the 80s where ovas were like just coming out um when they would make a uh you know a movie and charge like 60 dollars for it and it's like 20 yeah. minutes or whatever uh, so goku midnight eye yeah the mangas i've i've read the first like two volumes um there's mm. only four uh and then there are yeah the ova is two two episodes and the total run time is 60 minutes from 1989 um but yeah it's it's um there's a detective named goku who uh gets a cybernetic eye implant and so it lets him kind of watchdogs his way around like he can access any computer system he needs to Ooh, that's kind of cool yeah um it also gives him like like heat scanning and stuff like that but um yeah no it's it's fun it's it's that like city pop style music that i I don't know if people like city pop remixes or stuff from like japanese like albums or whatever but um it's it's got a really like cool vibe that you can you can um just sit and chill and watch well animated old anime Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it's it's like that. That's the thing with OVAs is that they're they're fucking expensive, but they put the same amount of budget into them as they do for entire runs of shows. So like, yeah, and there's a lot know, of detail in it. And it's people with like heart and soul. It's their passion. 
Yeah. So exactly. It's going to be very crisp. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that's that's it for me. Um, okay. Um, I truly only have two things. Okay. Uh, so one is um, a the new season of Taskmaster has uh, started. Um, again, a British show. I've I've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a British show that's free on YouTube. You don't have to pay for anything. You can just uh, basically like look up Taskmaster, and um, it, it's it's always funny because like the each season is different, and it, they do a fantastic, um, I guess like cherry picking of who the contestants are because all the contestants are like um comics and um this like and they usually have like five comics on there and um they pit them against each other trying to complete different tasks and the tasks are very like generic or they're very like weird things that you'll think that you would ever do and it's it's interesting to see like how people approach certain tasks when they become open-ended like when the tasks are very much like how would you solve this problem like moving an egg into a basket but you can't touch the egg with like your hands <laughs> it's like okay like what would people like their first thing to do or something along those lines but the um the cast of comedians um they're all it since it's a british show they're all british uh comedians um this season because there's 10 episodes to a season and they have they've aired six of them so there's still four more um uh episodes to be aired um but the cast is just like the chemistry between everybody is amazing and it's everybody's hilarious and uh this has been one of their like stronger seasons so i've really been enjoying um this the season of taskmaster nice yeah and then the second thing uh, is a game that i've been playing and uh that game is titanfall 2. it recently went on sale and i had played titanfall before but i never played the um the sequel to it um it's gotten a lot of like it's been well received and um i feel like most so titanfall is very much a a game um one it's got a first person story to it um and the story is actually really good like it's it's a fun story um it tells like an actual like regular story with like a, a climax and end and everything along those lines um the ai is buggy um it's 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 a very polished like well-written story it's like kind of the story i wish that like halo they could have given to halo <laughs> um so it's a lot of fun it's um i mean that's kind of all i've been playing right now is the um the story but there are like a um, there is a um, multi online player sort of like um, competition deathmatch sort of thing because you're basically like 
a pilot and you have weapons, but then you also have like a mech loadout. Hmm. You can like summon up a mech and then get into the mech and like fight. And so you're you can end up like fighting between like people and mechs or mechs and mechs or people and people. And the thing about the mechs though is the mechs aren't like the chunky mechs that like move slow. Um, in some like mech games, uh, movement is such a big key part of this uh, game, and it's it makes it really fun. Like you can kind of wall climb, you can uh, kind of like jet across like walls and stuff like that. You can pretty much climb on anything. You can climb on other people's mechs. Um, it's it's really fun, and I think the movement is um the thing that really adds to that like spice of the game so are you one of the the people that's going to be agitating for titanfall 3 are people agitating for that yeah which i i don't think it's ever going to happen because i think the people that put out apex legends are like yeah no we i mean we're doing this we can't yeah we're doing yeah (laughs) oh yeah so that makes sense because like the movement system in apex I think is very similar to the movement system in um, Titanfall. Yeah, I think Titanfall is a little bit more like floaty and jumpy, and right. you can do a lot more. But like the thing with uh, Titanfall is like, you know, I've played some of the multiplayer games, but like I'm really like invested into this um, first, like the um, story campaign, and it's just it's fun. Like the story campaign is fun, and it's like. You know, truly, if I beat the story mission, I will feel like I, you know, like I spent like $5 on this game. I feel like I would have gotten my $5 for it. Like, yeah. I, I don't even feel like I want to touch like the multiplayer, like maybe for a game or two, but like I've just been having fun playing the uh, story. Yeah, which I, wasn't the first one. The big complaint is that there was no story, and so no, the second one they actually made story for it? So there was story in the first one, because I also played the first one. Oh, um, gotcha. But the story, there was, like, it, it was very much set pieces. Like, you know, was, Mission 1 was, like, the first story, and it was, like, very much, like, set in a, like, a battle zone. And you would go there, and you would, like, do your mission, and then they would take you out of it. In mission two, they would put you into another zone, a different zone, and you would do your thing, and then they would pull you out. Um, uh, it was okay. very jolting, gotcha. like, um, very linear. Where this one, it's very much like it's like an old school sort of like um, uh, Halo, where like it is a you know there still is a linear path. It's not like open world or anything like that, but it flows. Like, there's no, like, point in time where they, like, take you out and, you know, like, put you in somewhere else. It's it's very much a uh, very liquid, um, uh, fluid, like, motion of the story. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think they really improved it. Um, they took out, like, a lot of the card systems. Like, the first one had, like, these cards that you had to earn, and you could, like, use cards to, like, do extra damage or do other things. Um, they took that out, and um, I'm kind of okay with that. I think that was a complaint for some people. People mm-hmm. like those like kind of card multiplier thingies, but um, 
but yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, again, I've mainly just played the um, the story campaign, and I've been really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, just only two things because okay. crazy life is crazy. Yeah, no, crazy life is crazy. <laughs> Um, but uh yeah no so uh the current book club book is stephen king's the stand um the 1990 version not the 1978 version yeah Um, and and you you've just been standing as you're reading it right you don't sit down when you're reading yeah i take it as a um as a command stand and so i have to stand every time i open the book yeah yeah i mean (laughs) that's how you do it right yeah yeah. <laughs> Stephen yeah. King is just very imperious with his writing. He's like, no, yeah. you have to stand while you're you have to stand while you're reading this. <laughs> <laughs> and to attention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll be talking about that a little bit later and um stay tuned. We may have some interesting um things coming down the pipeline. Aha, the pipeline. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>